Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Afternoon, Steve. Afternoon. Oh, that might be a bit of an upbeat one again this week. We've got a, another victory to talk about and it's actually on the road where the heart is for Swansea at the moment because another successive away victory for the Swans, this time away at the Stadium of Light, Steve. Um, 2-1 win and based on the first half alone, very much good value for the points. Yeah, I think so. It was um, it was a step forward for sure, wasn't it? I mean, we've you know, on, on last week's one, we got into a lot of detail, really, about the the issues that we've got and our general frustrations, really, didn't we? But um, you know, there have been other instances where we've seen improvements, and we have to say that the first half at Sunderland was one of the best of the season, really, wasn't it? We've we've scored two really good goals, and we've missed some other good chances as well, haven't we? And we've dominated, so that was a real step in the right direction. And what is you know, I know Sunderland haven't been amazing this season or anything, but it's still a tough game. It's a, certainly you, you'd think they'll finish above us in the table. So, yeah, to go there and um, perform the way that we did was was great, wasn't it? It was really positive signs, I thought. Yeah, it's a bit of a turmoil down at, um, well, down, up at Sunderland at the moment, isn't it? They just uh, sacked uh, Michael Beale. Um, it seems to be, as we talked last week, every team... Sacks the manager three or four days before playing us. No change there. We worried about a backlash. Of, uh... And managers called Michael Arasi. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it appears to be. And um, well, I don't know because their uh, interim manager is called Mike as well. So <laughs> we don't know. Mike Dodds. Oh, good luck. Yeah, exactly. This suddenly interim manager's first game in charge. And you always worry he's going to get the dressing room back on side, get a bit of harmony back going, and uh, maybe Swans face the, the wrath of that. But um, it wasn't to be. Uh, Sunderland, look, every better team without a manager, without a style, without a direction in that first half. Um, and it has to be said, and I'll take absolutely nothing away from the Swans, who started that game superbly in the first 45 minutes, could have legitimately gone in 5-0 at half-time and I don't think there could have been too many grumbles because we came close on so many occasions um, but as good as we were Sunderland were poor and they so poor Yeah they were I mean it did just look like a team in a bit of disarray uh, I think that is the way of uh, describing it I mean but it's not a shock when you obviously they had a manager at the start of the season they, they weren't really doing badly and I think what happened with Tony Mowbray getting sacked was quite surprising wasn't it and yeah. You know, Michael Beale has come in, who, on the face of it, not a bad appointment, but it just seemed like a bad fit, didn't it? And like I say, his general demeanour and stuff like that, they, they didn't take to him at all from from day one, really. And um, yeah, obviously it's it's not worked out. They've made another change and obviously they've decided now to, you know, really wait until the summer to bring in a permanent replacement. And I, I think when that happens, it does tend to be quite uninspiring, doesn't it? I mean... Because Sunderland are not far off the playoffs, but you're always thinking, well, we put a caretaker in, but it, it suggests that you don't really believe in this guy and you don't think you can get the right person in. So it almost feels like they've written off the rest of the season in some ways. So that's, that would be quite disappointing, especially when you consider that, you know, there was over 41,000 there the other day. I mean, it's mm. staggering numbers, aren't they? I mean, for, you know, this division and for a team that, as we say, are not doing brilliantly and the feeling at the club probably isn't great. So it, it shows you really the the size of club, some that others can only dream of, certainly one up the road that seemed to think they're a giant. But um, 
Yeah, it's um, Sunderland, a funny one in, in that sense. They've you, you think that they weren't having a bad season and they've sort of un, undone it with a change of manager, with, which hasn't really paid off. And um, yeah, they just looked in, in complete disarray. And for once, maybe the fixture list did us a bit of a favour, didn't it? We've been moaning the last few weeks about playing all the top sides, not much respite, but maybe it was a good time for us to play Sunderland and we've taken advantage of it. There was a couple like that, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit. But the game itself, Steve, I mean, needless to say, the the name on every Swans fan's lips is Ronald, um, who impresses us more and more. Every time we see him in the Swans shirt, it's it's not just his direct play. It's not just his pace. It's his tenacity. It's his, you know, it's fighting him as well. Um, so I think all of us, every Swansea fan on the globe, is delighted that he finally opened his account and um, two very well-taken goals. Yeah, I mean, if, if he carries on the way he's going, he's going to be a contender for player of the year, isn't he? Which <laughs> is, is probably quite da- damning on everybody else, but also probably I shows think that he has. had that one wrapped up in October, to be honest with you, but uh, he's certainly going to end up in a no, top I, I, so I didn't say winner, I said contender, didn't I? So, sure. you know, I remember, do you remember years ago when um, Andrew Mumford won it? And he didn't break into the team, I think, until the new year. And I think McBurney once won for Barnsley, didn't he? Even though he was only there half a season. So you do yeah. you do see it. It's incredibly damning, mind. But I think even if he's nominated, it's quite damning. But look, he is giving us something, isn't he? I think obviously stuff like his the final ball isn't always what we're we're looking for. It can be a bit hit and miss at times, but he's making a difference. He's making those runs. He's he's showing, he's he's got that pace, he's taking people on. And We've seen that end product now from him. You know, the weekend, obviously, was you know Cullen's header that was parried by the keeper and has led to him. But then that that second goal was a great finish when that Joe Allen's done brilliantly to read the pass interception. Um, he's put a good ball through to him, but there's plenty to do from there. He's had to take you know a good first touch and drill it into the corner. He's dispatched it with a plum, isn't he? It's uh, it's a great finish and. You know, once you've got that first goal, sometimes you've just got that little bit of confidence, haven't you? And that wouldn't have done him any harm at all when the second opportunity came. And um, yeah, brilliant. Obviously, he's our first, the first Brazilian to play for us. Now the first Brazilian to to score for us. And um, look, it's it's all positive, isn't it? It's it's great. And we were well worth that two goal lead at that point, weren't we? Oh yeah, and some. I mean, I think that first goal was a fantastic team move out from the back. Worked it out left to Josh Tymon, who's put that ball in. Um, Cullen will feel like he should have done better with it, and he's headed it, and it's gone straight down the keeper's throat. Uh, but Ronald's there, and I noticed there were, I think there were three players around the six-yard box when that ball came in the box, um, which is partially why I think uh, Cullen might have been partially sighted initially, um, but he was still, he's still going to feel like he should have stuck that away from his position. But um, when Ronald followed that up, it's it's the culmination of a great team move. And the second one, Steve, as you mentioned, um, fantastic bit of uh, interception work by Alan. And then at the vision to spot Ronald. And um, listen, the control from from uh, the Brazilian winger was was superb. Um, so many times you see that in those positions, overhit it, underhit it, whatever. But he's, he's parried the ball out from his feet and got himself um, a nice half a yard there to drill it. Um, past the keeper and like you say confidence would have been brimming at that point and there could have been more um, Ronald put a great ball across then for 
Plaqueta, um, he missed from point blank range. I don't know how he managed to, to be honest. He'll probably be thinking that himself. But um, I think I like that as well, is you cannot overcommit. If you've got a one threat in a football team, you can't, you know, well, we can just cut that area out. We'll just cut out Ronald's source because he was absolutely destroying Sunderland uh down his right there, left all first half. It was it was really embarrassing. Every time he went past someone, he was just going past them like they went there. But then you look on the other side. I mean, you've got Plaquette, who's got pace to burn, and Josh Tyman, who's quickly becoming one of the most accomplished uh, left-backs, attacking left-backs in the league. So you're looking at him bringing the ball on and um, getting balls in the box. You can't commit to just overloading one side of the pitch. Um, and that's where the constant imbalance was and um, trying to shift from one side to the other to keep keep us quiet. And in that first half, um, they were, the Grimes could have scored as well. As they say, you mentioned Placetta and I got two, probably could have got a first half hat-trick uh, with one that just drifted inches wide of the far post. Um, from Luke Williams' perspective, Steve, it's all he could ask for and more. Yeah, I think what, what we're really seeing now is the team seemed to have a far better idea of what they're trying to do. I think there were signs of it, even in some of the games that we have lost. Um, it's just the fact that we're playing against good opposition and you've got to be at your best. And like the high line being a good example where you're doing that against the better sides and particularly the quick ones, you're going to be in a bit of trouble, aren't you? But it does feel as if the manager is putting the stamp on the team, which I felt the previous manager never really did. So that has to be um, a good thing, really. We know that Williams likes to... He likes his teams to score goals, doesn't he? To score goals, you've got to create loads of chances. And, you know, we're starting to do that. I mean, we're not by no means one of the best teams in this division, but we can, you know, th- there's positive signs, aren't there? I think that's what the, the main thing is now. And as you said, to have now two wingers with pace, I mean, how long have we been saying we just wanted one and now we've got two? We are we have a genuine threat and that is brilliant from our point of view we can actually stretch teams now it, it gives us a better chance of creating opportunities which we're doing and it's to be honest it's good to watch as well that's that's the other positive with it I mean you couldn't just say that we weren't just you know effective the other day it was attractive football as well so you know we, you could see that we're, we're keeping the ball better we're putting better moves together all this type of thing so definitely improvement and, and vindicates really the decision to to give Luke Williams the job and even you've got to look at Notts County of you know, I've struggled since he left as well. So it shows, uh, you know, that we've most certainly got, I would say, the right manager in charge. And, you know, he is going to continue to build with us. But it's going to be, you know, there will undoubtedly be bumps in the road first as well. But, yeah, I can see things now that, uh, you know, I like. And we've got things to build on. And we're putting some, you know, we have put some points on the board. I know that, you know, at home it's been disappointing and we'll be looking to improve. But, you know, going to Hull away and winning... And same at Sunderland, they're good wins. You can't look at it any other way. Yeah, and it doesn't certainly seem to be pressure off. Looking at it from a, a tactical point of view, um, Steve, as well, we've talked, we've talked for a couple of years now uh, under under Russell Martin, or at least, at least the last year, at least. First year, we had a bit of pace in that team. Last year, we didn't. And we talked about their lack of ability to get at teams, counter-attack, play, play in, on their, um, in their faces. And our build-up play being slow and intricate. But so many times when I watch Ronald play, I see him, maybe he'd begin the move as well. He'll lay the ball off, but then he will sprint straight down the wing. And so many times he's looking for that ball over the top because no one's beating him in a foot race. So he's constantly looking to give us that other option. You know, we've 
built and been intricate so often in the way we play. But it almost goes back to watching, um, I guess the best way to describe it, to someone who would run onto the ball would be a Nathan Dyer type, someone who is happy not to have the ball at his feet initially, but be able to sprint onto a through ball. Ronald reminded me a little bit like that, where he didn't have to have it initially and gives us that option, doesn't it? Because we, we can build intricate, we can do pretty football, we can do um, the, the perfect team goal and stuff like that. We've seen how that has um, developed and become part of our identity. Uh, but having the option as well to say, well, actually, we'll hit them quick here. We've won the ball back, quick turnover possession, and, and, our, and our pacey winger is, is sprinting down the wing. It's, it gives us that other outlet. Yeah, it does. I mean, you look at the best sides that we've had and where we really talk about, you know, the the Swansea way, really. I mean, it it was with Dyer certainly on the right-hand side and then you'd have had the likes of Sinclair or Routledge on the other, really. So, you know, I think that that says it all for what we're, we're looking for. And I think Russell Martin was, you know, there, there was elements of it, but we, that was the one thing we were always lacking. We never used to play three at the back, as we've said before, but now we're, we are back to more this 4-2-3-1, which I feel is... You know the the best way to play the game, um, yeah. From like an attacking point of view, and now with those pacey wide men, it is along the lines of like a, a Brendan Rogers. So um, this is certainly the way to go, and I think you know it it is going to lend itself to creating more chances, attractive football, all these type of things that we're looking for. So it's it is good, I think. It, it and as I said, it, it shows that. Williams, from my point of view, seems to be the right man for the job. So there's there's a lot to be encouraged about um, from that point of view. Um, so let's just hope now that we've got a lot of tough games out of the way as well, that we will continue to, to build on, on this. I mean, might not mean results all the time, but let's hope it means performances more often than not. And in general, if you do play well, it does lead to results. So... There's there's things to work with, there's things to build on. That's and that's what we're looking for because I know a lot of people have been concerned about the situation. I mean, obviously results have not been great, but we've had tough games and you know that that's been tricky for us. I mean, but I mean, you know, you can't it's a good job we did win the other day in another way though, isn't it? Because for six of the bottom eight to win is absolutely staggering. Um so yeah, it's if we hadn't won, or so, certainly if, we, if we'd drawn, we'd only be two above the bottom three. If we'd lost, we'd have only been one, which would have felt crazy, really. Um, it's just one of those days, wasn't it, really, on um, on Saturday with results. But, um, yeah, a, a, a big win because it, it does keep our heads above water, or, even though I must admit I'm not overly concerned about the drop because I think we will pull ourselves out of it. Yeah, listen, four at the back, I think we've been banging the drum for so long. Uh, Russell Martin came, came through to it right at the end of his reign when we had the best run of form in his whole time here and just so happened he did it a, a couple of games too late for us to just miss out on playoffs but to see it now being and we always said don't we as much as we think and we believe that this is absolutely the way to go get rid of the full backs uh, the wing back situation and go to four at the back you do need to validate that opinion with results and performances so things like Saturday uh, we'll do it no harm at all because it does allow you not to have be caught out down the wings because you haven't got um, Norton playing up in the opposition half and leaving a massive gap behind him or time on the other side. There was cover. There was there was obviously the two um, midfielders uh, give us an opportunity as well to talk about one of the midfielders. You've been saying for some time, Steve, I've questioned 
I question the level of fitness, but um, you've been banging a drum. Get Joe Allen starting in that team, and boy, what a difference he made. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the issue with Joe has been fitness, isn't it? Um, you know, the, the move hasn't really worked out at this stage, um, which has been really disappointing because I know loads of people have said, you know, he's injury prone and stuff like that. And, but I don't think that's the case before he joined us. I mean, yes, there was the Achilles injury. But then a year after for Stoke, he played 40 games. That's not an injury-prone player. It just so happens that it's it's not really worked since he's come in here, which is really disappointing because he, he did show on, on Saturday and I felt against Ipswich as well that he can still offer something. So, you know, whether I would give him a new deal or not, I think does hinge on how fit he stays. But yes, from my point of view, he's been fit now for two months and it's been annoying for me that he hasn't been put in the team because we've not been doing great. And you just know that he's one of those players. He'll, he'll always do everything. He's, he's a consistent performer. He keeps the ball for fun. He always show, shows for it. He never hides. And I think we, we've said, I think on a couple of previous ones, that it's quite an unlikable Swans team. But yeah. I don't think Joe Allen is unlikable at all. So if you get him in there, it immediately gets us all a bit more on side. And I think in that Ipswich game, do you remember he put that crunching tackle and you just think well he's only small isn't he but he'll put the boot in so I think Joe should have been playing a few weeks ago I can understand why we needed to be a bit careful with him but he should have been starting and now he has started I thought Ipswich was a little bit better than Leeds certainly and we've played well the other day and he was in the team so it does really vindicate that he should be starting so well one of our biggest problems was being being out of sight in a game by the time the 23rd, 25th, 30th minute has come about. And, OK, you're 2-0 down now. So, yes, you've got some players that can come on off the bench, but you're chasing a game. It's so difficult when you're playing at this level to buy yourself it back into a game where teams can see it out, can time waste, can keep ball, can make so many substitutions now to disrupt the rhythm of the game. Um, and we've seen in these games, like the likes of... Um, Leicester to a large extent, Southampton in particular, I think the second half in Southampton where you're building up momentum. You just give yourself a little bit too much to do um, in those games to to get yourself back into it. Uh, you're better off just starting the players. Even if Joe Allen can only give you half hour, 40 minutes, start him for the half hour, 40 minutes and then give ourselves a, a, a platform to build from rather than constantly playing catch up in these games. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? As well as you say, we've we've been um, out of sight, and we certainly think we've got. If we could have got forty-five out of him, we could have gone down that route. But I mean, we've seen him have an hour in the last two now, and like the question should be: Can we build him up towards 70, 75 minutes? And mm. from my point of view, there's no reason why not. I mean, might have to be careful because we've got a midweek game, you know, next week. So yeah. there's three games in a week. Maybe it would be the sensible thing to take him out of the team in the midweek game and. Um, you know, focus on him having one game a week for now. And obviously, there can be little doubt that we want him to play against Cardiff, for example, which is fast approaching. So, yeah, look, we, we do have to be careful with him to a point. But look, you just he's one of those players you trust, isn't he? Whereas I think there might be a few in the team, certainly this season, that you look at and think you can't put your house on them. You, you just can't re- rely on these some of them. But I think if Joe's fit, you can rely on him. So that's why I, you've got to get him in the team, I think, from my point of view. And... He's in it now. He's showing his worth. Let's just hope he stays fit because if he's fit, he'll still more than good enough for us. We did see um, that old uh, nagging thing come back to haunt us again a little bit where 
we just don't seem to have that psychology that that absolute monster psychology there where you can go on and come out and keep pushing and keep battering and keep and we just seem to have that spell where we allow the opposition to dictate back to us. I know it's so difficult to control the game for as long as you want to. And we have got a, a, a lack of quality in some areas now that we pay the price of uh, for the past few years. But Sunderland did improve after the break and we struggled to a little extent to, to handle that. And when Luke O'Nine um, headed them back into the game um, with about 20 minutes to go, you did think then, uh, well, maybe, you know, we're a bit concerned now we're going to face the Alan Hoyer, we're going to have to face and back to the wall. Um, to be fair, and it, we, we, we don't go a podcast without mentioning this man's name, but 94th, 95th minute, Sunderland corner, their goalkeeper of all people meets a header from the corner and that man, Carl Rushworth, claws it off the goal line and uh, away to safety and just can't speak enough of how many points that man's earned us this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, it's a great save, isn't it? I think some of them put us under pressure without creating that many good chances, didn't they, after that, mm. getting that goal back? I think that's probably a fair assessment, but that was the one chance that was a good one. And look, he's, he's bailed us out of trouble again, hasn't he? That's, you know, we're very lucky to have him. Um, he has saved us points, as you said. And I think those comments from Luke Williams after where he said that there's, you know, a pretty good chance he's going to be here next year is great. Um I think it's good for everybody, to be honest, the goalkeeper included, because I do think he's got a good future in the game. But at the same time, he needs to play. And you look at Brighton, they've got, you know, they signed a goalkeeper for 20 million in last summer. You know, and I think there's been a lot of rotation there between the top two goalkeepers at, at, uh, on the South Coast. And you're just thinking that it's not going to be much of a chance for Rushworth at this stage to play there. So, yeah, you could send him to a goalkeeper, uh, to a club in our division, that's a different one. But if he's enjoying it here and he's happy and he's playing, then there's no real reason to upset the apple cart that's there. So I think it does make sense for him to to remain here again next year. And that takes an issue away, really, doesn't it? Because yeah. we do know it could be a rebuild again in the summer in, in certain positions. And, um, Unless you know, things are focused on, isn't it? If, if we can secure him for another year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's be honest about it. If he was to go, goalkeeper becomes the number one priority position, doesn't it? For obvious yeah. reasons. So, you know, that even more so than a striker, I would say, which is a problem at the moment. But if you can just take that issue away, it's one less headache because we are going to have to recruit reasonably, I think. It's certainly in a few positions anyway where we could be short. Yeah. So to have that taken away straight away where, you know, you've gone in for another year, you can go, right, no problem, where... We're fine with the goalkeeper now. We've got a good one, one that we can rely on, and um, we can focus on um, other areas of the team. So that's the that's what's important, really. It is interesting. It's a conversation we'll have in greater depth um, at the end of the season. But when you, you talk about goalkeeper position, yes, hugely important. Striker position. We actually have a wealth of strikers, um, none of which have really set the world alight. And that's the problem where we need to go into there. We are looking at the likes of Liam Walsh being out of contract, Pato being out of contract, and our centre midfield position, Joe Allen being out of contract. Um, that centre of the park is going to be, is already a, a, a weak area for us. It's an area we haven't been able to dominate as we normally would. Um, so it's an area we'd already have to improve on. Um, but we already have four or five as well who are coming to the end of their contracts where the new ones will be offered out remains to be seen. But 
a lot of work to be done, Steve. And so, the, as, as we just mentioned, the goalkeeping position not being one of them, it will be a huge help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, there, the, the, I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll we'll discuss some of the the players that are out of contract. There's quite a few, and obviously there are some lone players like Rushworth as well. That where you know would we want them to stay or anything like that? Will, will there even be a a possibility for some of them? So you know, there's Williams is going to get a chance to put a bit of a stamp on the team, I think, in the summer. Um, but we certainly don't want Paul Watson uh, making the decisions, though, based on what's happened previously. So, yeah, it's uh, there will be a lot to discuss. But look, if Rushworth stays, then that's uh, undoubtedly a good thing because I'm going to have to say it. But we don't want Fisher in the team, do we? <laughs> not a podcast. Not a podcast goes by, Steve. Um, as as you mentioned, six out of the bottom eight winning, huge shock um, to the division. But it not just helping all the teams at the bottom, um, but it's actually dragged a lot of other teams into the mix. And depending on where you sit on what sort of points look safe, what sort of points look shaky, well, there's only nine points separating the relegation zone from 11th placed Watford, would you believe? That many teams are within three results of the bottom three. It's absolutely crazy at this stage of the season. And the bottom of the, bottom of the, seat, bottom of the table in particular, anything from Blackburn down 16th, Blackburn only four points off, as we are. So, you know, you, you're picking, well, you say Rotherham are gone, but you're picking two from about 10, Steve. It is crazy tight down there. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it it just shows that if somebody does go on a bad run, then, you know, it's going to be quite damaging, isn't it? Um, but when there's so many other teams involved, the way that each team has to approach it is, you know, you've got the opportunity to dig yourself out and just think of how many games they're going to be between those teams, that, yeah. those 10. Like, we might have to play every single one of them. I haven't looked at it, but we certainly got to play nearly all of them, haven't we? So, yeah. in that sense, you've already which, which really we got yourself We did say before, listen, this is going to be good, but ultimately what you want is the first half of the season or the First, the middle half of the seasons what did the, the struggling teams and towards the end then you want the dead rubber mid-table teams really, don't you? Because they're going to be, hopefully we're not considered a six-pointer, but potentially there's going to be a few six-pointers there, isn't there? Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, you know, well, like I say, we've got Millwall on the last day, so if it was to go to the wire, then potentially you've got that situation, wouldn't you? So, yeah. But I think when, they, when there's so many involved, it's you can focus far more I think on what you're doing you should always focus on yourselves anyway Yeah. but when you're when there's only about two or three you can catch you'll find yourself looking at their results a lot more whereas I think now you, you don't really need to do that you just need to think well if we get the points there's others there's going to be at least somebody who cocks up so yeah sure you know that's the way of it and I know the, the other day the big losers were Stoke weren't they they um, they lost at Cardiff and everybody else apart from Rotherham in the bottom eight won I think so they're now in the bottom three. Um, it does feel like a good time to say that I would be delighted if they went down because I am sick to death of playing them. So been in their division you know, every year, haven't we? For yeah, the last since twenty eleven. <laughs> you know, it's like thirteen <laughs> seasons in a row. So if they went, I mean, no one's going to miss a trip to the Bear Three Six Five, are they? You know, but let's be honest about tonight. that one. Yeah, it's it's grim, isn't it? So I would welcome a break from Stoke without a doubt. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously well, the priority will always be us anyway, but yeah, I, I won't be shared in a single tier of Stoke or down. Listen, you mentioned 
Stoke being big losers on the weekend. One one team in the week that probably had the worst case scenario, and I'm conscious of tempting fate here, so I'm going to choose my words carefully. But Blackburn was still playing three hours after <laughs> after they started against Newcastle last night. Um, and they didn't get the result they wanted in the end, knocked out on penalties, uh, run themselves into the ground, fully deserved to go through, in my opinion, um, really give themselves a good account of themselves. Um, but seeing that go the full distance, Steve, you've, you've got to hope that that could be a, an advantage us when it comes to Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not ideal for Blackburn, I would say. I agree with you. They they played well, I thought, against Newcastle. They were unlucky not to get a result. Um you know, the top flight side were, were jammy. I think that's fair to say. I was impressed by how Blackburn played, to be honest. They they had they created quite a few chances as well. So I actually didn't think Blackburn were capable of that. So they'll they should take a lot of heart from it. But obviously when you've done that, and of course their top goal scorer got injured right at the end of extra time. So they you know, they've had a real rotten bit of luck there, to be fair. Um I do sympathise. Obviously, from our the, point of view, he missed the penalty as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, it, it yeah. could. You'd like to think it could play into our hands. I mean, you, you don't know for for certain, do I mean? But you, with, I don't think after a bad fixture, this we can now complain at a team that have, you know, had, had a, a grueling midweek. The top scorer is probably not going to play. It's it's gone in our favour there, isn't it? But you have to take advantage of that. So that will that has to be our aim. But um, you know, we we did win at Blackburn earlier in the season. It was a good win. So if we can get a double over them, that'd be great. I mean, they were they were quite full of it against us on social media, weren't they, last year as well? Blackburn. So uh, we bought that on ourselves a bit, didn't we? But yeah, yeah, I, I think we did. But even they even but the first time I sort of got it. But then when we won there again, like there yeah. was, I don't think there was a need to gloat again. I felt that was a little bit over the top. So yeah, look, you no, know, I agree. if um. Yeah, I think Blackburn are a decent team. I I don't think they're going to go down. They'll be disappointed with how they've done this year. I mean, the obvious thing to say will will obviously be they lost Brereton and Diaz. That couldn't have helped, could it? But they have. No, but Sam Smalls up front. Yes. What's he scored? Twenty three, twenty four goals. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that, so that that is the other thing as well. So that those goals have been replaced when you look at it like that. But I mean, they did play well last night. That's how they have to look at it. I mean, if they play like that most weeks, there's no way they're going to go down. But. Um, yeah, Blackburn. Is it after the Lord Mayor's show, potentially? I mean, they did leave it all out on the pitch. Anyone who watched will see. Yeah, and I do say Smardex pulled up with a feeling in his hamstring in the in the 120th minute. I, obviously, he wasn't replaced. He, he, he took a penalty, got saved. But um, there'll be a lot... Well, I very much doubt they even turned up at, in, in the, in, into the training ground today. They almost certainly would have had today off to try and recover and maybe even tomorrow will be like training. So there's 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 gotta be stages to building their strongest eleven back to some sort of competitive uh level in ready for Saturday because that was a, a mammoth effort from them. And like I say, if you're gonna leave it all on the pitch for 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 the length of time they did, you hope you you, you get paid off with the result and, and not to have that as well is a bitter blow for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean they but they, they can look at it in terms of they did themselves proud, didn't they? They'll they'll be angry, but for like, you know, almost like a good reason. Whereas after Bournemouth, I was furious and just embarrassed by how crappy we were and feeling as if we'd left an opportunity go to waste, really. But whereas Blackburn won't feel like that. But yeah, look at what they've obviously would have put into the game will will have had an effect. And 
I can't imagine they'd relish traveling all the way down here either, to be honest. I mean, it's, you know, Blackburn is a fair trek, isn't it, to say the least? So it's, it, it does give us an opportunity, you'd, you'd like to think. And, but you've got to take it at the end of the day. I mean, if Blackburn are able to replicate what they did on Tuesday, it's going to be a really difficult game. So it's, you just never know, do you? It would be typical Swans to not um, follow up what happened on last week with, you know, doing what we're, we're hoping for now this weekend. But you, you just don't know, do you? So, but look, I think... I'd be shocked if they didn't make three or four changes um, on Saturday and, and, and have to leave a few of their starting 11 on the bench. But um, they didn't make a few changes during the game, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just look at that the way that team was throwing themselves at everything. And yes, yeah, okay, they, they, they brought on that Debbie Dunn from, from Liverpool, didn't they, for the last uh, 20 minutes, half hour or so, and um, yeah. you give them the extra legs as well. So um, they'll have options, but it'll be an interesting one how Luke Williams deals with this because, you know, it, it might not be worth, well, it, obviously, take with a pinch of salt looking at their last seven, eight results, looking at the teams and formations they use. Um, John Ustas gone in there, of course. And he'll have decisions to make when it comes to the weekend of how we can freshen his team up. Yeah, exactly. But I think really we just need to focus on what we're doing, don't we? I mean, we've we've played well at the weekend. We've had a good win. As far as I'm concerned, there's no real need to to make a change. We we haven't had a midweek game either ourselves. So I would just approach it the same way as we did um on last Saturday. Really stick with the same team, similar approach, just get on the front foot and this caused them some problems. We've we've not had a great home record. Obviously, the manager hasn't had a home win yet in the league, so needs to be thinking that this is a, an ideal opportunity to um to get three points on the board and to you know continue to hopefully build on you know that, that performance uh, last week and get maybe get a bit of a, a run going, a bit of momentum really. Yeah, let's talk about that home form. Um, just one of those things. So this season seems to be really rotten. Um, and you have to start thinking, right, OK, it might be a little bit more than just uh, coincidence or anything like that. And what, what in your opinion, then, uh, is contributing to our poor home form this season? The fact that we've not been very good in general. I think that's the, we have to be honest about that one, first of all. Um, is there a reason why we can't you know, replicate those efforts? Um, i trying to think. Obviously, recently, you'd have to say the fixtures have come into it a bit. Um Performances haven't been great at home, though. I think the the other weird thing we look at it is we beat Sheffield Wednesday and Norwich. And they were back to back at home, really. Yeah. And then the same thing happened with Preston and um, West Brom, wasn't it? Brom, yeah. I think they were two two home games running that we've won. And then, but in between, we've had a lot of runs where, you know, obviously we we haven't won. Um, I suppose at the start there was we've had a few draws and stuff, and we the first two home games were drawn before the Bristol City game, which was you know that was really bad, wasn't it? Um, you know, and obviously look, we've lost at home to all the of the top sides, so I'll, I'll give us our due on that. Um, you know, we have got a lot of the, the lesser sides, I would say, to come at home. Blackburn, obviously, now this weekend, um, QPR, Millwall, Rotherham. I mean, if we get a few wins in them, that that'll boost it. It won't look as bad. So obviously that's part of it, but I mean I think some of it's been like poor starts. Like you look at the Huddersfield game as one conceded early. They just sat deep, haven't they? And we're not playing well at that point. So that's that one. I mean I think we were two up on Hull, weren't we? 
Um, and we played quite well the first half, certainly after we were winning anyway. But then yeah. they made changes and they, they did well in the second half and we, we didn't really. I mean, we were on, I think the, the worst thing would be how many games at home have we been particularly unlucky in? And only one really springs to mind, and that's Plymouth. I don't think we've been unlucky in many of the others, if I'm honest with you. I mean, What's interesting, though, um, I think by by a few points, uh, certainly two, um, a few weeks ago, I saw the stat on on, on TV, um, lost the most points from winning positions in the league. Yeah. You know, it's that's odd, a lot. It, it, again, it, it goes down, to, when we talk about um, the Southampton game, I come back to that, you know, you get yourselves back in the game, and um, you can see straight after. Was it Ipswich? Was that something similar as well? Ip, well, Ipswich was that when um Yeah, um, I suppose the just the mentality. And we talk about mentality quite often on this podcast about how we're not really, you know, switching on and 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 having that winning kind of digging what we have, we hold, or you know, that fierce winning mentality, and it is something that perhaps we lack. Um, psychological battles with yeah I suppose like you are always going to drop a few from winning positions but I mean it has happened too much I mean you think of there's been a few games where we've scored early just out with nothing like Leeds away was one when they, and yeah. it switched was very early I mean you wouldn't necessarily expect to hang on there but but it's so like, soon we, we, we weren't leading well, for long were we that, Leeds the, is another example of instantly conceding yeah you know? it is you know very quickly um I think some of the others. Remember, we had Preston, then we early in the season, and we were winning for a while there, and then they've scored two quite quickly in the second half. I mean, the daylight robbery was home, wasn't it? Where we were um, obviously we we've scored against early on against the runner play. They've battered us. We're winning for a while, but in the end, justice was done, and we we did deservedly lose that one. Um, trying to think of any. I get. I suppose we were winning against Leicester for a bit, weren't we? But that was against the runner play. Yeah. So supposing some of them we've been leading against the top sides, I suppose. And yeah, I mean you you never necessarily expect to hang on. Certainly you look at how good some of them have been. But yeah, it's look there's clearly an issue, isn't there, with we have struggled to hold on in, in a few of them. And like you say, drop points from winning positions. I mean you've it, it is an issue. I think you we all have to um admit that one. It's it's not been a strength of ours, but Hopefully we can, you know, we can build on that. To be fair, the two wins we've had under Williams, we have scored first and we've ended up winning. So I'll, I'll give us our due on that one. So maybe yeah. that is a sign of an improvement. But yeah, the home form has been disappointing, isn't it? I think, you know, to only have four home wins by what will be the start of March is, you know, it, that is really disappointing. I think, you know, there'll be a lot of people that have not seen many wins this year. Um you know, and that's tough to take. I mean, when you're looking at season ticket prices and for next year and stuff, it has been the most unenjoyable season for two decades. I can't describe it in another way. There has not been many particular high points to look back on um, this year, which is disappointing because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a hobby, isn't it? I mean, we, we all love the Swans, want us to do well. We do admit that sometimes we're not going to be necessarily the best team in the league or anything like that. But you certainly want to come away from games having enjoyed it and you know having things to look back on. And it doesn't really feel like um, we've had much of that this season. So you know, but there are two months to go, so there are positives hopefully still to come. You know, and I think if we were to win a certain game in a couple of weeks, that would certainly um, 
you know, make everything feel a little bit better, wouldn't it? So, you know, but we've got a few games to go before uh, before Cardiff come to town, don't we? Yeah, well, we've got two on the road, which recently might actually be benefit to us. First up is Wednesday evening. We go to Vicarage Road, play Watford. Um, well, two wins in the bounce to give us a lot of confidence in what we're doing on the road, Steve. And whether we didn't really get tied down to the to the question on pressure as the home team to seize the initiative maybe there's something in that way our form hasn't been that great or maybe the the atmosphere hasn't been good the morale around the stadium I know I haven't felt particularly joyous being down there myself so the players can feel that as well maybe that's why on the road they're able to be a little bit more expressive so if that is the case hopefully our good away form it continues and and that in turn then boosts the atmosphere and belief of the Swans fans when we do watch them down the uh, down the Liberty then and have an opportunity to to really you know support them through. Um, but uh, that game again another mid table team, um, Stephen in a, in a run of a few here where we've got an opportunity to perhaps climb that table a little bit. It's so tight down there, a couple of results and uh, the picture looks different. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, having three games in a week does give that opportunity, doesn't it? And you know, they're, they're all. You know, they all look like games where we can get something from. Now, I'm not saying that we will get something from all of them, but I mean, you'd be disappointed if we didn't get, you know, some points on the board with us. So, you know, we certainly need to be targeting Blackburn as a win. And then, you know, can we, you know, Watford and Bristol City, the, the next two, you know, can we maybe win one of them? I, I don't know. But you certainly like to think that we'd be coming away with at least one result from those two games. Not necessarily a win or a couple of draws or something like that, but... Yeah, you'd be looking for, I would say, to at least get four points from these three games. Yeah. Hopefully, upward trajectory performance-wise, um, just to get us all feeling good. And then before the, the, we inevitably have the big one at home. So I think that's what we're looking for. Just, you know, s- positive signs, improvements, certainly some results. But look, there is possible. If we play as we did on Saturday, we've got, there's no reason why we couldn't win all three in, in that sense. I, I don't think we will. Because it is hard to go on runs like that. I mean, how we won four in a row earlier in the season and the year that we're having does seem quite staggering, really. But yeah, if we were to individually replicate what we're doing, we will win games and we will create chances. So let's let's hope for you know what will will be a good week. I mean, there's a lot of weeks like this in this division, and there three where you play three games and the picture can change quite dramatically, and it may well do for one or two teams. So you know. Um, the chances are there for for us to hopefully um, pick up some results and um, start climbing the table and get some performances down, build confidence. Well, build confidence because after that, as you mentioned, it's a trip to Ashton Gate to play Bristol City in a, a double header of mammoth proportions for the Swans. How um, the the morale around the club is and how not just for the fans, but the mood in the dressing room for the players as well, because we'll be doing a podcast before it, but after a trip to Ashen Gate is, is Cardiff at home, of course. So, you know, March could be the month that dictates how we talk about this season when it comes to the dust settling at the end of it. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, you look at the the two seasons under Russell Martin, they were, you know, the, the old peaks and troughs, weren't they? But the one thing that we had more than anything was those those four glorious Derby days, weren't they? Where obviously the doob doob. And this year we've produced what would have to be said as our worst performance against Cardiff, certainly in my lifetime, I would say. And there could be a few people 
listening ears. I, I don't know how far back it would go for as bad as we as that we played in the derby. So, you know, from our point of view, we we, we expect better in the next one, and we want a result because. You know, we've had a lot of good results in that, we, but we don't want to be going, you know, where we've had a season of, without beating them in the game. We certainly don't want to, them to win both of them. So, yeah, it's, I think that would certainly give everyone, cheer everybody up a bit and probably wouldn't do any harm, would it, for for season ticket sales for, for next year? Obviously, we don't know what the numbers are at this stage, but I think it runs, doesn't it, to the end of March. And you just think, well, the game against them in mid-March, if that goes well, it could perk people up and... Yeah, it could help with renewals as well. So, yeah, it's it, it, we're not far off it now. The the build up will soon start, and um, yeah, the, that game can put a bit of gloss on to what has been, uh, you know, an uninspiring season, should we say? Yeah, yeah, and oh, if you say those three results, you think three games you potentially could pick up results in, and if we play the way we can and could potentially pick up results in all three is about lifting the mood, lifting the league position and getting us all excited of what a Luke Williams Swansea City looks like in the 24-25 season potentially. So lo and behold, with the absolute minimal chink of light of uh, potential upturn in form, uh, the Swans ownership have agreed to hold a fans forum. Uh, that's on the 11th of March, the day after it's Bristol away. So you call me a cynic um, <laughs> that I just said all that, but uh, an opportunity for the fans to air their grievances, ask some vital questions of the running of the club and where we're looking at financially, et cetera, et cetera. But also, um, you know, perhaps an opportunity to get a feel for um, Luke Williams and uh, how he likes to play the game. We've seen a lot of his press conference and stuff, but uh, Russell Martin always spoke well of these sorts of things. And it's something where the fans can really connect with the management team. Yeah, I think it is good that these events get held. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be an interesting night as ever. And the club will be praying that, you know, we certainly get at least one win in the next three games because... They won't want to be facing angry fans or disillusioned ones before uh, we play Cardiff. So, um, yeah, look, we'll we'll see, obviously, a first chance for Williams there to, to meet the fans. I'm sure he'll be, uh, you know, I've seen those clips of him when he was at Notts County doing similar events and he seemed pretty good. So, yeah, that'll be, I'm sure it'll be an, an interesting night as um, as it always is, really. So, um, There's an interesting panel member, Steve. I'm sure you wouldn't have missed out that uh, Paul Watson will be sitting on that panel. Now he's become at least on social media, the centre focus of Swansea fans' um, derision, if you like, over the past four or five months or so. Um, the way that the season's gone with the money spent, which looks like it's been misspent in large parts. Um, yeah, he might face some unexpected heat. I, I, from what rumours go around, he seems to be blissfully unaware of his name being dragged through the mud in Swansea City circles, but it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, well, you know, scrutiny, there has to be scrutiny on the decisions that have been made. And, you know, he's... Josh Marsh is going to get thrown it? under the bus, isn't he? Pardon? Josh Marsh will be thrown under the bus for this, well, won't yeah, he? He could well be thrown under the bus, but it doesn't mean that he should be. So that's the issue, isn't it? So, look, um, yeah, Watson's there, and um, look, they might get a shock. We... we we don't know, do we? Don't know what questions are ever going to get asked at these events, and that's what's good about them, really. I mean, the more structured dialogue ones, are, you know, questions can be vetoed, can't they? Whereas uh, at a forum, sometimes you got to face them. 
people. There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast and are very much in the vocal uh, sense on social media as well. It runs on March, Monday, March the 11th from 7 until 9pm. The club have, uh, have, have released that update. So um, it's a perfect opportunity for you to go down and have uh, a one-to-one with Paul Watson uh, that isn't outside of Dorothy's nightclub. Um, you can just have it <laughs> in a face-to-face in a in a civilized atmosphere and really let him know um, your thoughts and uh, and get some vital feedback on it because I know it's been uh, been a big talking point of um, the Swans fans, Steve. Yeah, exactly. And I always think with these things, if you can go, then please do because. You know, if you want your question asked, the only way to go to guarantee it gets asked is to go yourself. I mean, if you ask other people to ask it, I mean, it's not as simple as that. I mean, you know, people have asked me to do it before and quite often if I ask something that they might not be particularly popular, they ain't going to come to me again anyway. So, yeah, all I can really say is if people want questions asked, then you need to do your best to try and turn up really. So, um, yeah, look, and it, it is good that these events are supported because not every club has them. So... Yeah, if you can come along, then I think that would be great. Exactly. And uh, hopefully it'll be well attended and uh, some good information passed over as well. Um, That's it for this podcast. We will, of course, be back after the Bristol City game to wrap up on the three games we've discussed this afternoon. Um, So that'll be quite a lengthy podcast because we'll be talking about those three. We'll be talking about the fans forum. And we'll be talking, of course, previewing the Cardiff game, which is Saturday the 16th, the 12.30 kickoff. Um, So we'll be getting one in the week leading up to that. So that'll be a bumper pod. So I look forward to doing that with you, Steve. And hopefully we'll be able to convince someone else to come on and uh, and join us for that one. Um, But uh, yeah, look forward to it. But for myself and Steve, thanks for listening. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye. (laughs) 